Another episode of We Did That Shit Podcast, where we talk about who did some shit, what we learned from shit, and how we got through some shit. I'm Maya. And I'm the B. We appreciate you, podcast family, and we hope your week was the shit. If this is your first time listening, welcome, and thank you for checking us out. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. Hey, Maya. Hey. What's What's going on with you? Woo, woo. (laughs) You must be excited. It's my birthday season. I'm excited. Well, I have to say something before we um, get started. Oh. At the time of this recording, it is your birthday. It really is. Not your birthday season, your actual birthday. Yes. Happy birthday (laughs) to you. Ow. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday, dear Baby, that's me. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> I was gonna really sing happy birthday, like really <laughs> sing it, sing you it, have. like Mariah Carey sing it. You could discover. I could have, you know, <laughs> but I felt like that rendition was more. Me to you. Oh, Happy birthday. Thank woo, woo. you. Now, I hope on the recording that doesn't sound too crazy. No, it's going to sound fabulous because it's my birthday. Now, um, if I say happy birthday to you. I don't know. Now that. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy birthday again. We um just want to say that we love you and we hope that you have a great new year of your life. Mm-hmm. 25 again. 25 years young. Boy, you're doing it up. I, I did mm-hmm. not know that Benjamin Button was real until I met you. You know what I'm saying? It, it, they didn't even pay me for my real life story. Man. I'm saying. I know. How was your week? My week was pretty good. You know, you know what I've been doing all week? Watching Shaka Zulu. Shaka is on Netflix. And so, you know, when I saw it on there, I was like, oh, my gosh, Shaka. I love Shaka Zulu. Me too. And so I just been, I've seen Shaka Zulu's miniseries probably like a gazillion times. But each time I watch it, I find something new. And each time I watch it, this time more uh, specifically, I was like, damn, this movie was shot and this miniseries was shot in 1986. But it seems like it was like shot now because current, yes. Yes, it did the the, uh, the picture, you right. know, the all of the is everything yes. is just yes. like excellent. Mm-hmm. And I love Shaka because it 
even though I don't mind slave movies, I don't mind a uh, series about slavery because it's what we experience as our life. But Shaka shows the power of who we are, you know, like right. the, the power that we possess, the kings and queens that we truly were right. and how white people came in and tried to take over what we had going on. And then I really loved it because all of the white colonizers that came into the, um, and you know, to try to be around Shaka, to try to gain and, and know who they were as a people, they all had to bow down to him. Mm-hmm. And he was just all powerful. And they kept saying that he was a tyrant. And it was like, no, he's not a tyrant. He just is not Protective succumbing to what you're That's doing. Right. You know, That's he doesn't right. want you coming in, taking over what he has accomplished and who that's he right. is. And so I really just love that miniseries. And that's just what I've been doing with my week. Mm. Well, that's a good week. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, it was pretty, it's been pretty good. I can't complain. Mm. How about you? How's your week been? Since it was your birthday. It's my birthday. It's uh, my birthday. But eight. you know, I Ooh. really, uh, really okay. do celebrate my birthday in a season. It's like my specific birthday Number one, I'm usually away on my birthday. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I it's not that I couldn't. It's just that I had I did change my trip this year because um, my best friend needed me. And that's my best friend. I would do it again, you know, if I had to or whatever. I love her. But we were together today and I was like, look here, you know, I love you with my whole heart and. Whatever you need, I am there for you. I just need you to need it around your birthday time. Right. Because, <laughs> because around your birthday time, I don't have things planned. Right. And, um, you know, I mentioned before in the podcast that I do suffer from that seasonal depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. And my trip, my birthday trip, and it is a trip that I take alone. I go by my, away by myself for my birthday. But it really is therapeutic for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning how just the preparation, the planning, the excitement, all of that really helps me uh, through this season that usually gets me down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I was up, down, up, down, but I'm feeling really good today. This weekend, I binge watched that show Saints and Sinners. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Let me tell you something. First of all. That the title of the show is so apropos because you don't know who's who. Right. <laughs> now, I mean, it is like absolutely crazy. So, um, like I do watch Greenleaf, you know, we support everybody black. I watch Greenleaf, but sometimes Greenleaf kind of gets on my nerves because I'm like, the black church already has so many problems. Why do we keep illuminating all these problems? Well, but, I mean... I know, I know it, I know it exists and everything, but I'm like, you know, people probably watch it and be like, that's why I don't go to church. Mm-hmm. You I'm know? sure they do. <laughs> but, but with saints and sinners, it's just like, they're one and the same. And I just was like, all in, like, mm-hmm. wow, look at this. <gasps> you surely oh, made me want to look at it. I was like, damn, well, I'm, I'm obviously missing out. I'm, and one of my coworkers says she found it on the, um, um, cause it's not on demand, but she has, I think a fire stick or something. Mm-hmm. And she was like, she came to work the next day. Like, Oh, we can't be friends because she was up like all night. She said, mm-hmm. my husband was like oh, showing off. She said, I just wanted to keep watching the next one. And then the next one. And I was like, yeah, I know it really kind of draws you in. 
Well, I but, need to watch that. Yeah. Anyway, so you know, I'm I'm heading to New York City to get For the birthday. birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, life is good. Good. I'm happy yeah. to hear it. 25 again. For 25 years young and right. still doing it up. That's right. Still dropping it low. Okay. Still spreading it wide. <laughs> still hanging it high. <laughs> All of the above. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, who did some shit this week? Oh, my goodness. So there's a lot going on this week. You know, mm-hmm. people like to shut up. It's my birthday season. <laughs> Always. So... Shout out to Colleen Bennett. Yeah, shout out to Colleen. I mean, I'm really was like cheering from the rooftop. Um, yeah, so Colleen Bennett is, um, he's the first person with autism mm-hmm. to be, um, I was going to say drafted. What am I talking about? To be given a full scholarship to a yeah. D1 university D1. for basketball. Yeah. He will be attending Kent. State, and so shout out to Kent State um, for right for the acceptance exactly, and yeah. shout out to Colleen because even through his disability, mm-hmm. which you would never even know that he had oh, a disability, he is very when you, well spoken. When he? you see his interview, <laughs> yeah. it's like I was like, oh, he has autism, but it just goes to show you that autism comes in. It really is a spectrum, right. so someone can be severely you know, have autism severely. And then some people can be so high functioning that you wouldn't even know that they, um, were on the autism spectrum. And so shout out to Colleen because he put in the hard work to be able to get the scholarship, to be able to be noticed. Um, yes. Despite his disabilities yes. going out there and getting it done. Colleen and- is going to say he want to be a pro basketball player. Oh, that's right. And I can't wait to see it. And I'm going to be cheering him on. I start following Kent State basketball on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be, you know, looking we for We got to be games. watching the games. That's right. right. I'm watching them games because I, I just think it's so uplifting. So I sent the story to Jiggy. You okay. know, I mentioned on the podcast before that I have a son on the spectrum. Um, he has Asperger's and Jiggy said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> not giving him too much praise, huh? But it's not just that because you know Jiggy doesn't accept the fact that he has autism, right? He <laughs> yeah. He so he probably was like, "Oh, he got autism." That's, oh, oh, and okay. I because and I remember uh, we were having a conversation, and it was just something that he was saying in the conversation, and I'm like, "What?" I felt like if Jiggy knew he was autistic, mm-hmm. that he could learn about autism and you know, communicate better or, you know, it would just help him in his life journey. And I realized when I was trying to express that to him, he was looking at me like, literally, this is how he, like, bitch, what you talking about? Like, right. that's, that's really how he was looking. I'm like, wait a minute. And then it was confirmed because his teacher called me one day saying that they were talking about disabilities and um, Xavier got very upset. Mm. When they said, you know, he had autism, mm. you know, and I told her, I said, yeah, I don't think he really realized. So one day I asked him, I said, Jiggy, do you know anybody with autism? He was like, not, not that I know of. Because <laughs> <laughs> it surely ain't me. It just kept it moving. FYI. So, right. So that was his little thing with um, Colleen Bennett. He was like, oh, that's nice. And he was like, remember you asked me, did I know someone? 
Remember that boy Johnny that played basketball on my team? <laughs> he has autism. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. And now I know Colleen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but shout out to Colleen um, and his whole family uh, yeah. for pushing him and uh, him for getting that scholarship. Go, Colleen. Go, Colleen. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, and other who did some shit news, the sensitivities strike again. Mm. So what say you on this whole Kevin Hart's baby's birthday party fiasco? I say, why is it a fiasco? First of all, the man gave his child a birthday party. The theme of the birthday party was cowboys and Indians. Right. People, you know, of course, they put the pictures out on Instagram and some people were dressed up in uh, cowboy attire, which his son was uh, dressed up in cowboy attire. And then some people were dressed up in what they deemed to be traditional Indian, Mm -hmm. uh, Native American uh, attire. And people were in an uproar about it. And, And all I kept thinking was this baby is one. Mm-hmm. You are worried about the wrong things. I'm sure that Kevin Hart nor his wife sat with a party planner and said, we're going to give this party and we want it to be der- uh, derogatory, you know, against Native Americans mm-hmm. or against cowboys or whomever. I'm sure mm-hmm. that they didn't say that. So the fact that people would even take it that way is just like, calm down. People are too sensitive in this world. You really can't do anything because if his name was Kevin Hart, but he worked at the Foot Locker like he did before he got discovered, would you care if he gave his baby a Cowboy Indians themed birthday party? That I, I agree with that 100%. I also agree that you didn't buy the cake or the <laughs> decorations right. or pay for the venue or right. anything. Um, and I think you're right. I think we're too sensitive. I remember Cowboys and Indians, we played that game as children. Right. You know, we, we played Cowboys and Indians. And if for, for all the negativity that people, the negativity and stereotypes that people portray today about other ethnicities, it's a baby. And and another thing is, is this, I think that it became such a big deal because his birthday party was like the day before Thanksgiving or it was Mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, so because Kevin Hart is a celebrity, he's subjected to changing the theme of his child's birthday party because it was during Thanksgiving time. Because I'm wondering if the same uproar would have been if the baby's birthday was in April. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Would it have been the same thing? Or is it just that we have eyes on so much these days that now it's, you know, now everything is a big deal because you can actually see it. I just don't feel like if it was in April, if if he wasn't a celebrity, that it would be a big deal. Now, should they... I, see, I, I don't know, because I just feel like if it's not in a derogatory sense, then mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not negative. It's a birthday it's a, party. Yeah, it's, it's not a negative. Tough one. It's a tough one for me because you and I'm just saying as, you know, Joe Schmo, regular citizen, 
as as my purpose in life is not to offend anyone, I think we can all coexist and things like that. I may say or do something that someone else may find offensive, and but it's never my intent, you know, to be offensive to anyone. You know, live, let live, as long as you're not killing anyone. But I also feel the same thing. Like Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays mm-hmm. because. The way we celebrate Thanksgiving um, is not in the, I understand what the historical sense is and how it may not be nice, especially for Native Americans. Mm -hmm. It was a very violent time. And I don't want to dismiss that in them, but I have never, ever thought of that when I celebrate Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving to me, I automatically think family gatherings, we're all going to be together Mm -hmm. eating and having fun. That's Mm -hmm. all I think about with Thanksgiving. I don't think about any of the history, not to say that the history wasn't important, but just during that time, you know, just like black history month, slavery is not the only thing I think about. Yeah. You know, I know what happened, but it's not the only thing I think about. So, and I mean, and if you want to be uh-uh. sensitive, if you want to be sensitive and take a stand against something, how about taking a stand against a politician that says she would buy tickets, hmm. front row tickets to lynching? So how about the next thing of who did some shit? Like, how about Espy Lost? SB lost, and I'm not surprised. So Mike Epsey was running for um, state senate in Mississippi, and Cindy, what was her name? Cindy Hyde. She was also yeah. running for uh, state senator in Mississippi, they and a they had a runoff. And Mike Epsey, who is black, he lost the election. Now before. You know, as they were running and they were out campaigning and everything, the woman said that she would buy tickets to a lynching. She also front row tickets, not just a ticket front row. She had to be front and center to see that. And she also talked about how black people should have voter suppression. We should suppress people over there. That's what she said. Those people over there, we should suppress their votes. No, they shouldn't be allowed to vote. This is what I will say. I'm not surprised that he lost. Mm -hmm. The election happened in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Mississippi is still the South. I don't care how progressive this world is. Mm -hmm. I don't care if we had a black president. I don't care that black people are advancing in their everyday life. There are places in this world, especially the South, Mm -hmm. who is still going to be racist. Mm -hmm. That's what they stand on. That's what they were built on. And that's what they're made of. And this is what is troubling to me. She won in a state that I'm sure a majority of the people that live in Mississippi is black, Mm -hmm. meaning that black people voted for her. Well, but that not, is the, not ahead. so much, not so much majority, but if you repress the black vote, then you can win with the all white vote. Yeah, you can. But you I, know. I just feel like black people voted for her too, Absolutely. but I feel like that is the, the mentality there is that white is right. And that it's just like a regular occurrence. What she said is just like, if I said, Hey, I'm going to the corner store. You want something? Mm -hmm. That's just how I feel. Everything. Mm -hmm. 
how they maneuver, how they think, how the racism is embedded in their lives, in their everyday Mm -hmm. lives. You walk down the street, you see Confederate flags flying, you see Confederate statues. That's their everyday life. That's just Mm -hmm. what they have to experience all the time. So I just didn't think that it was uh, like, oh, let me just vote for her because... You know, that's what I'm used to. That's what she said. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't affect me. And I just think that they went out and voted for this woman. And it's just like crazy that you would. But it's not surprising at all. Yeah, it's it None really is. A, it's not it's not surprising. It really is a shame. And I think that um, maybe we can do a podcast about that in the new year because a lot of people really don't understand that impoverished Southern blacks mm-hmm. live a very different life. Yes, they do. Um, than we do. What we are accustomed to, even in the, what we call, you know, even in the, the hood, the mm-hmm. projects, mm-hmm. you know, in the North, they just live a very different life. And I had a life changing experience some years ago when I was in Kingsport, Tennessee Mm-hmm. And um, I met a man who worked for the American Civils, Civil Liberties Union. Mm-hmm. And when we had conversations and he told me about, you know, his job was to help unionize uh, groups of workers mm-hmm. and things. And when he shared his experience, I just could not believe I, I really wasn't all that, you know, that the, these people live as indentured servants mm-hmm. still. And mm-hmm. it's it's regular to them, but mm-hmm. you know, we I'm going to put that down as a topic that we're gonna we're gonna do a podcast on that topic one day soon. So I mean, people are overly sensitive. It seems about the wrong things. The wrong things because and, that uh, her saying that she would buy front row tickets to a lynching is what you should be up in arms about. That's what you should be protesting about. That's what you should be making uh, posts on social media about. Not Kevin Hart throwing his a baby, a birthday party. Right. And you certainly should not be sending a person who believes in that to Congress. Yeah. To the, yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. I would, Um, I would just move if I, I would do anything in my power to move if I live that way. But like you said, we'll do a whole show about it because those people think probably think that they can't get out. But anyway, who else is doing some shit this week? Well, you heard that CNN fired Mark Lamont Hill over his pro-Palestine comments that weren't really pro-Palestine. They were just trying to find a way to get rid of him anyway. But Yeah, I was going to say, they've been wanted to fire him. You know, he was fired from Fox News some years right. ago, and then he went over to CNN, and then CNN has now uh, fired him. Um, so what did he do? What, what, what was it that he did? Well, he was speaking at um UN kind of event or activity. Mm-hmm. And he they said that um in his speech he said that he was defending, you know, he is against Israel and their control over Palestine. Mm-hmm. But he the the remark that they're honing in on is that he said free Palestine from the river to the sea. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that yes, um, he doesn't he doesn't believe in any one country ruling over depressing other people. You know, he feels that people should have equal rights everywhere. But he did not make that comment. They said that that comment 
is um, linked to, you know, like anti-Semitic comments mm-hmm. and um, and the Hamas. So they're saying that even and he says, I never even mentioned the Hamas. And he did not say that from the river to the sea comment. So, um, you know, and he also put a new tweet out on Twitter recently saying, you know, what he stands against. Um, so yeah, he denied he, using, I'm sorry, he denied using the river to the sea comment during the speech and, you know, conservatives and pro-Israel figures started blasting him and referencing him for the phrase because they said it's often used by anti-Israel terror groups. But he claimed on Twitter, um, they're saying that the, the phrase is usually preceded by Hamas. Mm-hmm. And it has been for so many years. So even if you say that and omit the word Hamas, that people still know what you're talking about. But he's saying he didn't say Hamas at all. And he didn't mention from the river to the sea. Well, you know, the thing is, is that you can say anything in the world, but don't be cert- say certain things. So you can go out there. You could say lynch ninjas, meaning, you know, I want to say the word because I don't use the mm-hmm. word that much, but you right. can say lynch niggas, you can say kill ninjas, you could say mm-hmm. uh, burn us, you could say all kinds of stuff, but don't say anything that's deemed anti-Semitic. Right. And so that's what it boils down to. Mark Lamont Hill has never apologized for how he feels or or his beliefs or um, his thought process in regards to his support for Palestine freedom. He's never apologized for that. He has been on record talking about that many times in the past. And Mm -hmm. so now that he brought it up this time, now it becomes a problem. He, you know, in the past, it wasn't a problem. In the past, when he was speaking about it, no one came out and said that he was anti-Semitic. And so he put out the tweet. He said, I support Palestine freedom. I support Palestine self-determination. I am deeply critical of Israeli policy and practices. I do not support anti-Semitic killing Jewish people or any other things attributed to my speech. I have spent my life fighting these things. He said, my reference to River to the sea was not a call to destroy anything or anyone. It was a call for justice, both in Israel and in the West Bank's Gaza. The speech very clearly and specifically said those things. No amount of debate will change what I actually said or what I meant. And so here we are again with people being too sensitive or taking something um, and flipping it around to what they deem it to be. If the man said not what he meant, but what he actually said out his mouth mm-hmm. was something different than what you're saying. It takes nothing to go back and listen to the speech. It takes nothing to go back and just see what he said, you right. know, and 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 make your determination from that. Because like he said, it's not what only what I meant. It's actually what I said out of my mouth. And so, you know, Stop taking people's words, flipping it around. Oh, what you meant was this. No, what I meant was what I said out of my mouth. And so, I mean, Mark Lamont Hill is also a professor at Temple. You know, I think that Mark Lamont Hill will be fine. It's unfortunate. You know, it's another person that they're trying to take down. But then you got your president of the United States um, Mm -hmm. out here just being a damn buffoon. 
you know, mm-hmm. out here just laying it on the line, just saying exactly, hey, I did all these criminal things. And I'm telling you I did all these criminal things. Right. But yet you won't do anything to me. And I put a tweet out earlier. I said I was looking at um, Trump's, you know, something that he just said, because, you know, Paul Manafort uh took the plea deal or whatever. Right. So Mm -hmm. I was looking at that and I was just looking at Trump saying, well, I didn't say this, but if I did say this, you know, basically telling on itself. And and I put a tweet out and I said, this goes to show you that white people, especially white men could do any damn thing and and won't and nothing will happen to them. They will not Mm -hmm nothing will happen to them. They ain't going to jail. They ain't doing nothing. But this man is losing his livelihood for something that you think he said. Mm-hmm. You know, so Mark Lamont Hill, I think that he'll be fine. It's unfortunate that he has to go through this. Um, another one bites the dust. That's how I feel, you know, but tread lightly. That's just how it is with the world, the way that it is now, we all have to tread lightly in what we think, um, what we say, you know, what we put out there clearly. Because the world is so sensitive. It it really it really is. And um my thing is that I, I agree with um Mark Lamont Hill and that, you know, look at what I said, mm-hmm. you know, and be sure of what I said because he's a very intelligent person mm-hmm. and he's an academic. So mm-hmm. he's not and I'm not saying that he would never do it, but it's just, you know, unlikely that this is a speech that he prepared for. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people have heard it before he gave it at this UN address, you know? So I I think that this was just anyone who said something was just an excuse that CNN could use to dismiss him because Fox had already fired him. And that is just the climate of the United States that we're living in today. Mm -hmm. And in order you know, unfortunately, in order for anything, it's it's not like a football game where they'll just, you know, let's replay it and see what really happened. Exactly. You know, people that matter will actually have to go to bat for him mm-hmm. in order for him to be offered the position again. And that's just not where we are Mm-mm. right now Mm-mm. in our in our uh, environment and mm. our affairs. So it really is unfortunate. Um, he still has a job at Temple, thank goodness. Um, hopefully he will still have speaking engagements and his voice will still be heard. Um, but it's just the climate of the times that we're living in. Moving on to another who did some shit. How about my boy, Alex? Oh man. Yeah. That was so terrible. Yeah. Like I liked him. I mean, not liked as in like like he was my favorite one of the guys. He's uh, my favorite one on the show too, and yeah. and, and 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 that because I don't really like I didn't like anybody at first, but I always like Alex. So Alex Banks, um, who yeah. is one of the, um, he's on the show Ready to Love. So right. the Ready to Love comes on. It's produced by Will Packer, mm-hmm. and it comes on 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 Saturday nights. And um, it's it's like a dating show, you know. Right. At the end, it's kind of like The Bachelor, but with black people. Mm-hmm. So they have a bunch of women. They have a bunch of men. They narrowed mm-hmm. it down, to, and and at the end, they want to get three couples. And Alex was one of the participants um, on the show, looking for love. And it came out today that Alex 
is suffering in the hospital on life support from brain flu. Right. And when I read it, I was like, go ahead. Well, because no, go ahead. Cause I just wanted to talk about brain flu, but go ahead. Well, that's what I was going to say. When I read it, I was like, wow, brain flu. Mm -hmm. And it prompted me to look up more information about brain flu because Mm -hmm. I never knew that brain flu existed, you know, Mm -hmm. and it just goes to show you that it's so much out here that we just don't know, especially Mm -hmm. concerning our health. So Mm -hmm. did you want to touch a little bit on what brain flu was? Um, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people was like, what the heck is brain flu? Yeah. You know, like I've never even heard of brain flu. And um, I don't think brain flu occurs often. No, but, it's very uh, rare, they say. Yeah, yeah, it is rare. So one thing that happens is, and this is what, you know, logically and the way that, you know, we learn about health and pathophysiology, how our disease systems and how our body works is, you know, the longer you have an infection or condition, you know, the more damaging it can become. Doesn't matter what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, and, um, dental work, dental work is very important because people don't realize how close your mouth is to your brain. So if Mm -hmm. something is infected in your mouth, it has a very short route up. Mm-hmm. you know, to your brain. So um, brain flu happens when the, the flu, which is a virus. And, mm-hmm. you know, I talk about viruses all the time and viruses are living things. They're out here just trying to make it like you and me. Um, and usually, you know, the virus, we produce antibodies or, you know, our white blood cells. They see it, they recognize it, they go kill it. Um, but when it lingers too long and it gets in tissue, Mm. you know, and starts to replicate in tissue. So in brain tissue, because the really the only thing moving in in, in the brain is the blood that's moving in and out of that space, the the blood and cerebral spinal fluid. Mm -hmm. Um, so when the infection stays long, you know, it goes into brain tissue, not just the blood supply, but in the tissue and stays there. So then you get forgetful, foggy headed, you know, things like that. And it again, it doesn't happen often because, you know, our bodies naturally do things to fight the flu. And then we get medicine, you know, to help with the symptoms. And the flu is really a virus. So antibiotics um, really don't help unless because the flu can become like a bacterial infection or can cause like a bacterial pneumonia, then you would get antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the thing with Alex that's so disheartening is they said he went to the hospital three times, Mm -hmm. three times and all three times they sent him home Mm -hmm. and he knew he didn't feel any better. You know, and he kept coming back. He kept coming back. And now he's in a grave state. And that really is a shame. And one of the things that they mentioned is, and probably one of the reasons they kept sending him home, is that he did not have health insurance. Right. And we spoke about that on a podcast a few weeks ago. It's open enrollment. Open enrollment is till December 15th. Um, If you do not have health insurance, there are there is the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare where they make health insurance affordable for people who do not qualify for their state's Medicaid plans and need to purchase insurance. Um, Alex is a business owner, 
you know, he owns his own trucking company. Mm-hmm. And, you know, may, I don't know why he doesn't have insurance. And I know that sometimes we think that it's too costly or we can't afford it, you know, but it really is something that we need. Yeah. I and mean, now this young man is fighting for his life. Mm-hmm. Like, it really literally. is. It really is something that we need. And it really, it this America, for it to be one of the greatest places for you to live, people are fighting every day to come to the country. It sucks. The fact that people have to go to hospitals and be sent home, like mm-hmm. you said, and now in a great state because they don't have insurance, it's disgusting. It's disgusting mm-hmm. that I go to the hospital someplace where I'm trying to get medical attention and trying to get help. And then I can't even get help there because at the end of the day, it's about the dollar sign. And I'm not saying that medicine isn't costly, you know, um, treating uh, diseases and such. It's not costly. You have to pay people, go to school every day. I mean, for years and years and years to become doctors. I get all of that. But what do you say now to this person or to his family that Mm -hmm. you sent him home so many times times. and then he kept coming back because he knew something wasn't right? What, What do you say now that he's on life support? Now, does it matter if he has insurance? Because you're paying Right. You're All you're these, you're right. supplying the life the life support. You're right. supplying the machines that is keeping them alive. You're supplying the medicines that's keeping them alive. So so now what? Now okay. now what do you say? You know, you're not gonna send them home now because you can't. You understand right. what I'm saying? So it's right. just like I know that things cost money, but again, it sucks that people have to even be in a position that they're in and now fighting for their life. It, it really, it really and he could have got helped. He could have got right. helped the first time that he went. He didn't have to end up where he is. But you know, prayers to him and his family, yes. and uh, and prayerfully he pushes through and he gets out of um, this situation and he's able to, you know, regain his life and. And 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 all of the good things that come with it, you know, it's 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 sad. The boy is thirty four years old, and now in a position that he's in, you know, it's it's really sad. But like B says, open enrollment, sign up for some insurance. Yes. Get yourself you some know. health insurance, and and I understand that, um, you know, healthcare is not the same everywhere. Mm-mm. You know, so it he went three times and you're like, well, what more can you do? He did advocate for himself. He kept going mm-hmm, back, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I tell people all the time, you know, it's called the practice of medicine for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it sometimes it really saddens me. But, you know, are we in the life saving business? No, we're in the money making business. Exactly. It seems like we're not trying to save a life until a life is in jeopardy. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Look at the people who now are, uh, let's just say people that are addicted to pain pills, right? You make the pills for the people to get out of pain. Now you got a pill that takes them off of that and puts them in something else. You're not worried about whether or not people are getting better. You're worried about people buying more pills, getting more medicine, you know, getting treated for more diseases. It's about money. It's not about 
saving people's lives. It's not about that. You know, it, it, it sucks for doctors or if anybody in a position, nurses, doctors, whomever, that get into that field because they want to help people. But mm-hmm. soon realize, and you know, because you're in the field, but soon realize that it's not about helping people. It's about the bottom line. And that's the dollar. So prayers out to him. Yes. And for the final, um, who did some shit, I want to talk about you listen, girl. You know the show. You know the show. Love yes. is on own, right? Yes. You know the creators of oh, and the game, and Black Lighting, and um, uh, being Mary Jane. I mean, the list goes on and on. So the creators mm-hmm. of that show, Mara Baca Kill, and her husband Salima Kill. I mean, two powerful people in Hollywood, two powerful black people in Hollywood, husband and wife, team out there just doing it up. Well, it was said today, child, that mm-hmm. Salim Akil, the husband, yes, is being sued by his mistress of 10 years. Mm-hmm. She's out here. She's alleging, this is all alleged, alleging that- I she believe suffered, it. I mean, oh. Okay. But it's alleged, mm-hmm. alleged that he, she suffered from physical, mental, um, sexual abuse from him for 10 years. She was his mistress for 10 years. And girl, the stuff that she is alleging, um, her name is Amber Dixon Brennan. The stuff that she is alleging that Samil, I mean, Salim Akil did is deep she is me too to the 25th power you hear me? i mean honey and and you you read the article and you're like well what the hell made you stay for 10 years as somebody's mistress it. and getting physically abused i mean sexually abused to the point where it's like they're meeting up at a party this is all alleged they're meeting up at a party he's I like let's it. go to the bathroom and when they get into the bathroom he's slapping her across her face making her perform oral sex and then urinating in her mouth i mean she is laying it out yes and i believe it I don't know. Let me just say this. I don't know if I believe it because the man is quiet. So nothing has given me. That's I mean, one, it's that's nothing one that supports me believing it. Well, I'm just saying I haven't seen anything that I'm like, yeah, he was on that interview. He was little. But if you take the show, love is. That's right. Okay. So love First is, of all, is. Quiet people are always the ones. Quiet people don't be out here, you know, all on parade with their nonsense and shenanigans. So being quiet, that's one. Now go ahead. The character on love is the character on love is mm-hmm. so you know I it's see. loosely it's loosely uh, based off of their love story, how they met, uh-huh. and you know how they live their lives to today. And in the show, I will say that the character that's supposed to be portrayed by him, I mean, that's his character. He is very controlling and self in a sense mm-hmm. on the show now but everything you, is about you, him right right mm-hmm. if you take that and mm-hmm. then just think about this i don't know mm-hmm. if i still get like sexual physical abuse from the what's man. he supposed to do my wear a t-shirt with a cape predator no it's no him. but when i, I was just it. like reading it i was like i believe it he out here, oh, he he is out here just doing it up, and it, it really is the Me Too 
movement to the 10th power, like you said, because the reason why she did not come out before the alleged victim, the reason why she didn't come out before was because she felt like she would be blackballed in Hollywood because they have like scripts together. They've done work together. Um, I mean, she's been around, so she's been moving and shaking with him. And so she felt like if she said something that she would no longer be able to do those things. It's a sad ass situation that you feel like your hands is tied or that you feel like somebody could take away your livelihood. So you'll just Mm -hmm. let them do anything to you. Well, well, this is is common. This is common in domestic abuse. Yeah. Common. They don't leave. Nope. They feel like they have no place to go. Nope. They feel like it's going to get better. They feel like, oh, it wasn't always like this. He's going to change back. You know, so mm-hmm. there's a lot. It's common. All of the, these things are very common. And also, I don't think, you know, he may have had other affairs and other affairs may or may not come out after this. If but other stuff will come out, I believe I, it, because if, once the shoe drops... It's right, like everybody's a, going to be yeah. on the Me Too. So, but I think he probably had other affairs. I don't know if, and and I doubt. Now I can't say for sure, but I doubt that the other people's and and they may come out. The affairs may come out in support of him, and yeah. saying like, "Oh, yeah. I had an affair like, like him mm-hmm, exactly." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And but you know what? That to me would be even more reason to believe what she's saying because once. An attacker, a predator, just an awful person like that, when they find someone that they have that domination over, that control over, they don't need many people. If they got a good one that Mm -hmm. will do anything, they don't need another one. You know what I mean? And anybody who would belittle themselves so much as to let a, a person urinate in their mouth... You know, it just, how much lower can you go in his eyes? Right. You know what I mean? So it gives him all the power because that's usually what those relationships are about. No, I I definitely think that it's like, even if we base it off of the show, it's definitely, everything's alleged, but if we base it off of the show, the power thing is very important to him. And then you think about it, like his wife is his partner, Mm -hmm. but she is the writer. He's the director. She's Mm -hmm. the writer. They both are creators. You know, she's writing what, what you are seeing come to life. So she's probably more of the creator and her success came first. Mm -hmm. So in, in reality, even though you are the man of the relationship and her, and she's on record in many interviews saying how, even though, you know, her success came first, everything, she still lets her husband lead. Mm -hmm. But to a person that has all of that success right along with you or had it before you, Mm -hmm. you're not as powerful over them as you would like to be. It's that feeling that you want. But all of this is alleged. I believe it. I ain't gonna say I believe it because I don't know these people, but honey, nothing gets nothing seems off limits these days. I mean, people is out here living reckless. So Salim a kill and Mara Brock a kill. Uh, no, I really like her, so I feel bad for her. You know, and I don't, for- and I'm just saying, I know it's a TV show. I know it is. It's, That's why I know, it's alleged, and I know it's no. I'm talking. 
I, it's alleged because they haven't been to court for the ruling or whatever. What I'm saying is that mistress, what she says, I believe it. Now, I know Love Is is a television show. I know Love Is is loosely based on uh, their relationship. And, you know, I know that. However, my inter that's why when I saw the first couple episodes, I was like, mm, I don't like this. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. And I only watched it when the episode came out with Loretta Devine, when mm. she talked about, told the baby mama what she needed to do and, you know, stuff like that. So then I went back and I watched it. And no, I didn't like it. I did not like him. I did not like his character. It was, I, I didn't like it. I didn't watch I the, like show. the show. The show was I, a good ass mm-mm. show. I was but like, let me she's tell you. Crazy. I wouldn't be with him. He's a control freak. Look at him. He a hater. He, and I just never liked him. And I do believe everything this woman said, even though I know it's, I know it's loosely based and, and I'm not saying he did it. I'm just saying I believe her. I show enough. Believe well, her. she got a lot of damn detail for it. Exactly. to be. And I mean, like if you're a creator, you could create all of this detail, but she got a lot of detail and, 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 and it just ain't looking good. Then no matter how you let it, you know, slice it. But the lady is, is, you know, moving on with her life. She's going to have to learn to let go, you know, mm-hmm. and hopefully she's at the point where she can let go because she's now at this point of suing him and, you know, and, and it all coming out. So hopefully she can, but sometimes it's not easy to let go. It is not. And especially in go, relationships, it, especially in relationships, mm-hmm. that's some other shit that was on my mind anyway. Mm. about you know letting go Mm -hmm. we have to learn to let some things go so in relationships side note Mm. you know auntie Iyanla updated (laughs) her books um updated her books acts of faith okay remember the little purple book yeah well she said it's not purple anymore it's another color but it's updated so she Mm -hmm. was encouraging everyone to get you know the updated version and um so, and in that book, I do have acts of faith and I do read it every now and again. I don't read it every day, but the one entry that I know almost verbatim mm-hmm. is August 18th mm-hmm. and August 18th is letting go. And I remember 20 some odd years ago when I first read it, it, w- it just gave me pure revelation of what letting go is and how we cause more harm to ourselves by holding on. Mm-hmm. And she and she talks about how the harder something gets, the worse it is. We hold on tighter and tighter and tighter. The, and that's the truth. It's Why the is truth? that? She said, "What is so wrong with just letting go? Just let it go." You know, I Go ahead. Because I think that letting go is really, I think that the problem with letting go or how people see letting go, I know even for me, how I think about letting go is really about failure. You know, even though you shouldn't think of it like that because Because you know something is not good for you, Mm -hmm. you know that it's time to just move on from it. But Mm -hmm. it feels like almost like failure when you have to let go of something, especially in relationships when it's something that you feel like you put your work in, you know, you put your hard work mm-hmm. into, you put all yourself into, you put your loyalty into, you put your time, you put your effort, and then it's done and you got to let it go. Mm-hmm. And you're like, 
I want to hold on tighter because I put all this time, this effort, this everything in it. And so mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times that's what it has to do with. I, I mean, for me, so, let me just say that. Right. So, so we're just talking about in terms of relationships. Yes. In terms of so relationships. So there are some things I came up with okay. to help us let go. Well, These let me no- know. These are in no particular order. I wanted to put them in order of importance, but I can't, I can't do it for me. So I certainly can't do it for somebody else. Right. You know what I mean? Well, let me know so I can see what's important to me. Okay. So one thing that you have to do in order to let go is identify what the experience taught you. Mm. You have to know what you learn from the experience because that's how you start to develop your sense of closure. Mm-hmm. You know, people, some people mm. over long periods of time, like, Oh no, we, we've been breaking up for six years. What? Well, I am <laughs> guilty. I definitely right. been breaking up with somebody for the last past Six years to be exact. What are you thinking about me when you said six years? No, like, I don't yes. know. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't know. It was my subconscious. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. I but we have to be truthful. We have to identify what the experience taught us mm-hmm. because that starts the closure. Mm-hmm. You know, what we learn. Number two, again, it's in no specific order, but I believe in making things plain. So write everything you want to express in a letter. Mm. Now, I I learned this some years ago too. I wrote my ex-husband a letter. Mm-hmm. Never gave it to him, never mailed it to him, never intended to. Mm-hmm. But I got everything off my chest. Mm-hmm. You know, and this was, be- this was when we were separated. It was before we were divorced. Mm-hmm. And it really did kind of feel a little freeing, mm-hmm. you know, even though he doesn't know what I, what I was thinking, I no. felt like I, I felt like I expressed it mm-hmm. and be and expressing it by writing it down, helped me to move to the next step. Well, I wrote a letter to my ex and I gave it to him. I mean, mm. he, 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 he has it, but I remember when he said, Anything and we, you say or write will be used against you. No, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> people say, oh, do this until you do mm-hmm. it. Or they say, oh, I can handle it until it's time to handle it. But I remember when he first said to me, and you know, me and him, we talked about any and everything. Mm-hmm. No matter what it was, we talked about any and everything. Good, bad, or indifferent. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about any and everything. And I remember him saying, well, I feel like you just hold this something back. I feel like you hold this something back. And I'm thinking like, we've been together a hundred years. What the hell am I holding back? You know what I want to say. I say, he was like, write me, just write it down, write it, write me a letter. And I was like, I gotta write you a letter. I'm gonna tell you what the hell I need to say right now. And he was like, nah, write it down. I'm gonna tell you what. Start writing. (laughs) That thing was tight, honey, tight. I I was writing that type typing that thing up. You would have thought I was typing up my thesis when mm-hmm. I got my master's because I just kept going on and on and on. And let me tell you what the letter did. I don't I I guess in a way it helped me to let go, but what it definitely did show me is you did some shit. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? I can't believe you never that I, think about right. all the stuff that you've done, mm-hmm. all the stuff that he's done. You know the the what led you to letting go. You never think mm-hmm. about it until you really see it. And I was like, damn, this is mm-hmm. deep, right? That was some deep. It was deep. I'll go and back you, and read it from time to time because I'm like, damn, thought, you was too. And you thought you were expressing everything you. Yeah, wow. no, and you weren't. I and was you not. Were, you right. I was not. Right. Right. So um the third thing is remember both the good and the bad mm-hmm. in the relationship. Not so much focus on one or the other, but you have to remember them both. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about a relationship, especially if it's something that you think you might want back and all that other kind of stuff, especially in these um relationships like uh, Celine McKeel and, and this woman, you know, you they tend to think about just the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want to think, they want to hold on to all the good stuff and, and act like the bad wasn't so bad. But no, you have to think about both mm-hmm. in the relationship. And um, if it appears now, you have to acknowledge it and don't, you know, minimize the bad. And And it's good to keep that so that you know what it makes the loss less impactful because you know if if somebody gives you something rotten and then takes it and throws it in the trash you really didn't lose anything right and you, and you don't rotten. miss it it was exactly. rotten exactly exactly damn that's true but go, go ahead keep it um, that's deep <laughs> another thing I'm that think we, about that right now we have to do to let go is to unromanticize the way we view love. Mm. Because when we romanticize love, we get stuck in a fantasy. Mm. And we look at that person that we're trying to let go. Mm. They were the one. They were the love of my life. I'm never going to get that again. You know, I should have tried harder. I should have did this. You know, it, you have to unromanticize the love. Because mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, you when you experience love, true love, mm-hmm. and then you you already know what it is, mm-hmm. and then you're able to experience it on bigger and better levels. Mm-hmm. You know whether it's with the same person or another person. Mm-hmm. You know, so some people believe in soulmates. Okay. Some people may, you know what I mean? I, I'm just saying that love is really, I love people for who they are. Mm, not for you who know? you want them to be. I mean, not right. for who I love you want for them who to they, be. Exactly. Yeah. For who they are. So I don't romanticize, you know, love because romanticizing keeps you locked in. Mm-hmm. So if you unromanticize your view on love, you open yourself up to love again. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've romanticized love either. I definitely think that I love people for who they are too. I mean, I I don't know if I believe in soulmates. I believe that a person is put into your life for a reason, you know, for sure, whatever that reason be. But I don't romanticize it and it has nothing to do with letting go. It just is what it is. You know, it's because I don't want to put, ex- I don't like to put expectations on love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's good and bad. I don't like to mm-hmm. put expectations on, you know, 
it ain't a movie. And I also feel like our love is going to be what we created to be, not for what love should be or what people think it is or anything like that. It really is about me and that person, what we deem our love to be. Some people might not agree with us, but it doesn't matter. So I definitely don't think that I romanticize love. And if I do, I need to stop so I can let go since I've been breaking up with the same person for six years. Mm. Mm. But go continue. (laughs) Continue. And then you have to visualize yourself empowered Mm. as a single person. Mm -hmm. Some people really think that if they, they are not fulfilled unless they're in a relationship. Well, that's how how society has created people to be. Mm. I think that that's definitely how society has created people to be. Just like with women. I don't think it's a lot of women out there who don't wish to be mothers, who don't wish to be married. Mm -hmm. But society makes it so you have to be, you know, and if you're not, then it's something wrong with you. And so I I think that that is society based, not individually like who you are, babe. Well, I can't let society guide no. my thinking of course and my thoughts or define who I am, what I am. You know, I can't afford to allow society to do that. Society doesn't pay my bills. Society doesn't let me rest well at night. You know, so I feel empowered you know, whether I'm single or in a relationship, I am, I feel like I'm a strong person. Mm-hmm. But when I'm single, I feel more empowered to be me. Mm-hmm. Because when I'm in a relationship, relationship has a common decency to consider the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can't be as empowered to be fully you. Mm-hmm. In a relationship, because you have to consider the other person. Mm-hmm. So, um, just like my birthday trip and how I go alone, because mm-hmm. that's something that helps me. Mm-hmm. It empowers me. You know, the time helps me to reset and revive myself. You know, in order to move on. But when you want to let go, you have to visualize yourself. Well, I do more than visualize it. I make sure that I take the time to do it. But I feel empowered as a single person. Um, Another thing, we just have two more things. So another thing we want to do is replace, and this is big for women. Men don't seem to have a problem with it because men really aren't into closure as much. Some men are, but not as much as women are. Um, But we need to replace our emotional thoughts with facts. Mm. In areas of love, there is a lot of emotions. Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel, you made me feel, it made me feel, I feel like, I feel I wanna, I feel, it's just a lot of feelings. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, you know, we totally, you know, we push past the facts mm-hmm. because the feelings are so strong. Yeah. And sometimes we base feelings on things that are not factual, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it comes to communication. Replace mm-hmm. our emotional thoughts with facts. 
That's true. Right. So, and another thing is in letting go, and this is the last thing. Well, it's not really the last thing, but it's the last thing I have is don't place blame. No. Now, one of my favorite sayings. No. My one of my favorite sayings. I say it all the time. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make me a bad person. It just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? I don't blame anybody for anything. Like it's whatever it was. I was entertaining it until I'm not entertaining it anymore. And that you know, is the truth. Exactly what you just said. You can't place blame on any type of, you can't place blame on any type of thing that happens in a relationship because at the end of the day, if you stay stuck and stay with it, and it's a shame, just like in the um, Salim Akil uh, situation, the woman can't. I believe it. It's not about believe it or not, and it's alleged. You, the woman, you know, it's hard for her to place blame on just on him because you stay in the situation. Now, am I placing blame on her for what she went through because she stayed? Hell no. You know, if I got cheated on for 16 years and I decided to stay in a relationship, I'm not put, placing blame on just you. The blame is the onus is on both of us because you did what you did and I stayed. Now that's a fact. Mm-hmm. That that right there is a fact. Right. You know, that's a fact. If you did that, <laughs> if you if you did that to me all them years that I stayed, you know, I'm an asshole and you are a cheater, and that's a fact. But that neither being here nor there. There's no need to place blame. You know, it happened, it is what it is. And when you move on, you have to let go. And that that be either moving on in the relationship or outside of the relationship. It's no need to place blame. You're both to blame. Mm-hmm. No, you're not yeah. both to blame. Yes, you are. No, you're not. You're not both to blame. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make me a bad person. It just doesn't work. Well, Nobody's yeah, yeah. to blame. There's no blame. I guess. It just it just doesn't work. Well, when I look back at my relationship that I just got out of, that I've been breaking up with for six years, the blame is on both of us. Sorry, it he did some make shit. Him a bad person. Neither one of us is bad Neither one of us is didn't work. Yeah, neither one of us is bad people, and 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 the blame is both of us, and <laughs> and that's what it is for me, and that's a fact. For me. <laughs> and it's an emotion for me, and I wrote it in a letter for me. And what else we said? What else did we say? All of the things that we said for me. That's right. And now you're empowered for you. For me. And I know how to be single for me. me. (laughs) Well, I'm glad I could help you. Thank you. I got something out of this. Thank you. Mm -hmm. But no, it just said, you know, we just wanted to give a little, uh, couple of pointers about letting go, learning to let go, you know, realizing that you're not to blame, um, doing things that empower yourself, uh, writing it down before you go out and express it, you know, even if it's just for you, um, and not placing blame, not romanticizing and learning how to focus on facts. 
Not emotion. And not emotion. Look at you, Maya. Was paying attention. So. I was because I'm telling you, all of those things was for me. Um, so I I'll let y'all know how my breakup is still going. Well, we broke up. We broke up. <laughs> that's that's how it went. We broke up, you know. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you laughing at my pain? I'm not laughing at your pain because it's not painful anymore. Is it? I know. I just, well, it's the facts. <laughs> it, that, now that's a fact. It's just a fact. So do you have do you have anything this week for your personal journal? It's my birthday. Right. And that's my personal journal. I made it. It is my birthday. I am celebrating life. And I am happy about it. You know, tis the season to be jolly. I'm letting shit go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, you know, life is good. Good. And, and that's my personal journal. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. Life is good. It for is. My, for my personal journal this week, I wanted to talk about conforming. I had this on my mind for the last couple of days because I was having a conversation at, with you Um about something in regards to the show and about life. And you were saying something like, oh, a person said um, they didn't get anything out of whatever it Mm -hmm. was, right? Like they didn't get anything out of the show. They didn't get anything out of a certain conversation. Um, And I just thought about when you do something like the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing the podcast now. You don't really realize how much people want you to conform to what they want until you start doing something on a public scale. Mm-hmm. So you put it out for consumption for people, right? Until mm-hmm. you start doing something like that, you really don't realize how much people want you to conform to who they want you to be. Mm-hmm. And it made me think about it. And I was like, you know what? I'm good with me. Mm-hmm. I'm good with the show. I'm good with what we put out there as far as the show is concerned. I like me. I would mm-hmm. date me. I would be friends with me. I would, I'm doing it up with You me. don't like you, do you, Maya? Yeah. Oh. I, I, boy, I tell you, boy. <laughs> and it just made me realize that I'm not conforming to anything or anyone. My thoughts are my thoughts. What I like is what I like. I wouldn't change too many things about myself. Mm-hmm. And it that conversation sparked the thought in my mind, not just because of the show, but it just made me think, because I'm about to turn 40. Mm-hmm. I'm checking my new box, you know. Um, and I was thinking to myself, like, what I just said, do you like you? Would you date you? Would you be friends with you? Because you think, like, damn, I'm about to be 40. Like, is this something I want to change about myself? No, it's not. No, Mm -hmm. it's not. No, it's not. It's not anything that I want to change about myself. I like the fact that I'm blunt. I like the fact that I'm loyal. I like the fact that I'm uh, funny. I like the fact that I like to laugh about the dumbest things. You know what I'm saying? I like who I am in a relationship. I like who I am outside of a relationship. So I just am not into conforming to what others want me to be. I'm okay with me. Um, and that's just what I had on my mind for my personal journal. To be continued, because we're going to talk about this. But 
We could definitely talk about it. It's oh, no yeah, problem. I do. We're going to talk about it on and off this mic. <laughs> of and course that's fine. we are. And that's fine. That's all we have for this week. Yeah, to be it's continued to let you know it's about this, uh, this uh, deep conforming conversation that we about to have. I see it now. Um, and again, happy birthday to you. We hope that you enjoyed uh, your birthday and all the festivities that you are about to embark on upon hope that you have a, a good time and i hope that 25 is just as good to you as 25 was to you last year <laughs> amen and be sure to check us out on our social media uh, on monday we're going to put up some little videos we'll be tailgating all day for monday night football Oh, right. Monday is the damn game. Well, good news, podcast family. It's supposed to be 56 degrees I know. on Monday. <laughs> so I might stay for the whole game. And with that, we're going to go if ahead we're and... winning. Well, I paid. I'm staying. It ain't going to be that cold. And with that, we're going to get ahead and get on out of here for this week. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Remember that a new show drops each and every Monday. Um, Remember to follow us on our social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at We Did That Shit. You can always follow me on my personal Twitter. That's MyMy13. It's MYMY13. And I'm at the Biamina. That's B I B B I A M I N A. Yep. So check us out anywhere where you can listen to your free podcast. And we'll be here same time next week. Remember, it's my birthday. Celebrate. Do that shit. I love you, Maya. Love you too.